This is Agents Influence Podcast. I don't agree with that at all, and I think there's a lot of really good evidence for why designations are actually very valuable. And I wouldn't want somebody to put a designation off because they thought they're dying out, especially if they're planning on building a family and have other things in their future. It's like, you know, you should probably work on this sooner rather than later. And a lot of people put designations off, um, you know, until the last possible minute, until they're needing to get CE credit. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hey, welcome back to Agents Influence Podcast, uh, giving a voice to those who have no voice so we can make forward momentum and change in the best industry God ever created. And we're back here to continue on with the Young Agent Series. Man, I got to tell you, this is, I was just thought to myself, I know a bunch of young people, I'm going to get them together and get them to share what they know. It's really where it started. And this has turned into some crazy stuff. The, as you know, Josh Witt uh, that we had on the last podcast, he was calling in because of something that had been said by another agent, that had a young agent who had posted into uh, our mastermind. And I did a podcast about that, which led to another one. And ironically enough, the guy we have on today, Peter McDonald, he and Joey kind of have been going back and forth because I believe uh, Peter listens to the podcast. He also listens to the newsletter that Joey sends out. If you guys don't know, if you go to growprogram.com and you sign up for the free membership, Joey sends out a newsletter every Sunday morning when you wake up. It'll be in your inbox. And uh, I guess Joey made a, talked about a specific um, email in that he talked about the death of the designation. Now, I'm not going to go on any further there because I want Peter to, uh, there's two sides to every story. I want him to have his. And I believe they kind of had like a, a little disagreement on the subject matter or the content and two different people looking at it. And what was amazing was, is when I kind of got brought into it because Joey was like, man, this guy is a, is a really passionate guy about his, his thoughts. And, and we love those type of agents. We like people that are, that are all in. And I kind of told Joey, I said, Joey, he says, you need to have this guy on the podcast. I said, Joey, if I have this guy on the podcast, I said, I think I'm going to actually agree with him more than I'm agreeing with you. And so that's, I'm just going to leave it there just for a minute, uh, just to let you know that that's what we're getting ready to discuss. But I do want to just kind of reach out and say thank you to everybody who is sending in emails, jason at growprogram.com, jason at growprogram.com. Uh, please send in your emails. I'm getting a lot from young agents, as I discussed before, um, just on how to get better and different things we can do. And and, and I appreciate all those, and I'm, I'm doing the best that I can to answer them. I, I really, truly am. So I will get with you. Um, but going right into the podcast of what we have here, as I kind of already alluded to, um, I'd like to welcome the agent, and I don't know, I don't know if he's an agency owner, but Peter McDonald. Peter, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be on, Jason. Peter, uh, real quick, are you a um, an owner or not of your agency? Yeah, so I bought into our agency about a year and a half ago. Took a loan out, and uh, it's been been a good good time. Interesting. Took a loan out. That's awesome, and, and taking. Uh, 
uh, doing what you got to do to invest into your future. Sometimes that means uh, going in debt a little bit. I I know a lot of agents that have been successful going down that route. Before we get there, though, Peter, are you an iPhone or a Droid user? You know, I'm an iPhone user. Uh, bought one back in 2010, and it's just uh, it's been great. Didn't feel like changing since then. Although sometimes I'm intrigued because I really like Google products, but just haven't been able to switch over. I do like Google products as well, obviously. Uh, what's a cool app that you've downloaded lately or recently or whenever that's good for business, family, whatever? Yeah, so I downloaded one called Overcast FM. That's what I've been using for podcasts. And another one um, I've been downloaded was called Office Lens. It lets you scan documents really easily. And so it's great for receipts and you know scanning random paperwork. So Overcast FM and Office Lens. Overcast FM and Office Lens, yeah, two separate apps. Cool, 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 cool. Found them to be pretty good? Uh, yeah, I mean, Overcast is great. One of the things that's interesting to let you do is if you realize in podcasts, there's a lot of uh, gaps in the air and the conversation. They, they let you listen to podcasts kind of in fast forward. So if you and I are talking today and let's say it's a 30-minute conversation, you could actually listen to that podcast in like 20 minutes by cutting out the, the, the gaps in, in, in the conversations. It's kind of interesting. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So so we tried this guy to edit this podcast, and one of the things that he did and I thought was really cool is that he would cut out the gaps, kind of like what you're talking about, Peter. But I will tell you at certain point in times, I hated it because when I would re-listen to the podcast, just like that silence that I did there, (laughs) there's a reason why it makes it powerful. When yeah, you leave that when you leave that spot open. So we stopped using them only because like I loved 95% of what he was doing, but I wanted that powerful part still stuck in there. So that that's interesting. I didn't know there was an app that would do that. That is crazy. Yeah, I think I think the premise is it just kind of finds like the quiet parts. And yeah, sometimes it's hard, but if if you put it at say like 90 or 95%, it's actually it's actually tough to even kind of tell. They they do such a good job at it. So, nice. I don't use it, but it, you know, that part of it, but that's just one interesting component of what it does. You know, one other thing is, is Audible where I read my books through, I listen to them. They do the same thing, Peter, to where yep. you can like yeah, have you seen that to where you can kind of fast forward it a little bit. So like I can put it on 1.2. Right. It will read it to me faster and I I can get through the book quicker and it's crazy because if it's an eight hour book and you go to 1.2 like the book now becomes like five and a half to six hours you're like holy cow and you can still comprehend it anyways let's keep moving on so peter tell us a little bit about you tell us about your agency go back starting with you back to high school college when you're first in diapers whenever and bring us forward to who you are now so we get to know you yes it's funny you mentioned diapers so i had my first child this year and i'm going to talk about that in a little bit but so a little bit back about me from cape cod massachusetts it's a great spot tell my friends it's where the presidents of the country go on vacation. Although after this election, not sure if, if Trump likes to come to the Cape, but uh, Obama's come here, Clinton's come here, and you know Nantucket, Martha's Vineyards. It's a good spot. Um, I actually studied out in Chicago at a place called Wheaton. It's an evangelical school and uh, traveled around the world for a bit after that. Had a degree in math, did some adventure tourism, been to a ton of countries, and I came back and you know my dad had owned this agency and um, I wasn't really planning on going into insurance, but he took the opportunity to show me uh, when, when I came back, he took the opportunity to show me some of the advantages and things that you can do in, in the insurance business. One of the things I learned was that the average agent's getting really old, uh, according to McKinsey, 58. 
and looking to retire in the next two years. So I took that opportunity to aggressively educate myself. That's what we're going to talk about today. Like you, I've been down to D.C. for the, uh, the, the IIABA's Day on the Hill to kind of get in front of your lawmakers and talk about you know, things that are important to you and uh, bought into the agency recently. So that's kind of, I guess, me in a nutshell. So where did you say, where did your, where's your agency located at? We have an office in Falmouth, Mass., and in Bourne, Mass. Oh, okay, all right. On on Cape Cod. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, all right, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Travis, my business owner, was just there um, on vacation, literally like two weeks ago. So uh, nice. I, I I've been there. I go there quite frequently. Uh, agency Port. Have you ever heard of Agency Port? They do a huge conference there. Um, God, I can't even remember. Like a scanning at. thing? No, 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 no. I, I just didn't know. I mean, I shouldn't even ask you that. That's like that's like you saying I know a guy named Tony, and I say, oh, Tony in Florida? I mean, that was retarded yeah, for me okay. to even ask you that question. But, but what I'm saying is is that uh, agency port, they do, they make uh, portals for insurance companies. And I go out there. They have a conference out there a lot, and I've went out there and spoke a couple times at it. And uh, gorgeous place, wonderful place. Um Really, it's it's um, it's different, you know. It's cottages, it's it's homey, it's uh, it's just a different feel that I felt there. It's not the Midwest, let me tell you that. Um, no, it's not. Land of milk and honey around here. Anyway, so Peter, uh, you're reading the um, the blog, the the newsletter that that Joey puts out. Yeah, and, I see him from time to time. Yeah, yeah, and he he mentions the death of the designation. And, 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 and it's not what this whole podcast is about, but it's an interesting point because there's a lot that can come off of it. And, and for the, the lawyer listeners, they need to know that the death of designation um, basically just bas- this says that there's not as much value as there used to be in designations like CPCU or CIC or AIA, whatever it could be. Um, because today the consumer can get their own information, and so it may not have as much relevance today as it does. you got to read the conversation and all that to get to know it better. But there's a lot of truth in what Joey says, but I also have to admit when Joey showed it to me and I read it first, I think I had a lot of the same thoughts that maybe Peter does. So, Peter, what, what's your overall thought? What do you, what's your pushback? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so my my overall thought is just that um, you know, I just had my first daughter and one of my goals was to finish my CPCU before I, I had her and I did and it was great. And for someone who's hearing that message of the death of the designation, I don't agree with that at all. And I think there's a lot of really good evidence for why designations are actually very valuable. And I wouldn't want somebody to put a designation off because they thought they're dying out, especially if they're planning on building a family and have other things in their future. It's like, you, you know, you should probably work on this sooner rather than later. And a lot of people put designations off, um, you know, until the last possible minute until they're needing to get CE credit. And that's, that's kind of the worst place to be in. So if, if at the very least you're just doing one class to get some CE credit, at least you're not kind of throwing that money down the drain. So, you know, just trying to accelerate the message, it's, it's not dead. And I have a lot of talking points on, um, you know, what are some of the things about it? You know, so, so for example, um, you know, CPCU specific. And I'll, let me just explain what these things are. So I, a few designations I have. I earned my CIC, Certified Insurance Counselor, in about a year um, as my first or second year in the industry. And that was fun. I did it mostly in the class, which was a good format. I followed up and did a Certified Risk Manager, 
online. And that was a designation focused on identifying an organization's total cost of risk and how to mitigate that risk. Typically, if you had a company with 500 or more employees, they'd have a certified risk manager working there. And then I got a licensed insurance advisor. That means you can, um, in Massachusetts, you need this designation if you want to consult for a fee. And so I did that just in case we ever wanted to do some consulting. And then I went and got the CPCU, Chartered Property Casualty Underwriter, in about 11 months, which is pretty quick. That's really um, quick. That's impressive. Yeah, it was pretty quick. But again, I, I had this photo of Hawaii on my mirror because they have the graduation in Hawaii. And that was really, I wanted to go to Hawaii. Um, and I, there are a lot of things that I did to accomplish that. And I can dive into that if you'd like. But um, yeah, so th this was one I did. I did all self-study. So you know, I did the classes with CIC. I did the online with CRM. And I did the, the self-study with the books at home, CPCU. And I found by far CPCU to be most valuable. But so back to what I wanted to you know talk about death of the de designation. I'm not going to tell all the sales guys out there that if you go get your CPCU, you're going to make more money and bring in more business. You know that's that's not going to happen. You know just because you get this this designation, which really it, it just you know it's it's an underwriter's designation. It means you're good at underwriting business. Sales is a totally different skill. Um, but what it does do is as consumers have a better idea of what's out there in insurance and as insurance is changing so rapidly today with, uh, you know, cyber insurance as an example, it helps give you a foundation and to really understand the distribution mechanism in insurance, the, the legal, you know, how it's regulated. A lot of questions that may come up with clients that you don't really have a solid answer besides just, you know, experience and maybe what a colleague has said in the office. So when I went to Hawaii this past year, there were 12,000 insurance agents in one room in Hawaii. And of them, there was, this year was the biggest year ever for new designees, 7,000 designees. That's a huge number. You know, I just came back yesterday from the Boston you know, new designee event, and they said it was their biggest ever they've had, most amount of new designees. Um, to put that in perspective, I've gone to a number of insurance events, 12,000 people in Hawaii. Everyone is flying out there. That's 30 jumbo jets, 30 Boeing 747s full of insurance agents. I mean, imagine how boring that, that conference must have been, you know? It was... Uh, oh, no, I'm kind of a geek, I think, like you, Peter. That would have been actually kind of interesting to me, and that's why you and I are weirdos. But yes, I can... Yeah. Exactly. A good way to put that together, though, with the jumbo jets. That's awesome. Yeah, I had to run some numbers on it, but it's, you know, that's a, that's like, that's a lot of people, you know, with a CPCU. So, um, there are 82 colleges today, Jason, that have an insurance degree program. And I know, you know, Wharton, which is one of the top MBA programs in the country, they have an insurance major. So, um, the, the, the facts out there to me is it's the biggest year for the CPCU ever. More colleges today are offering focused concentrations and in insurance. And if what you do is sell and sell well, well, good for you. But as we're facing, you know, 25% of our industry retiring in the next two years, the new agents that are rising up out there, they're getting CPCU or the new underwriters, they're getting CPCU. You might even be getting a, you know, competing with a person who got a college degree in insurance. And you compare that to the education that a lot of people have had, which is kind of learning from their colleagues. And it's a, it's a totally different ballgame. Dude, I just love what you just said there. That was so good. I'm actually, uh, for, for the uh, people who edit this, I actually marked down times when I think that there was some good stuff said. And um, that was a good one right there. I love what you just said. You said, you never know, Jason, you might be competing against somebody who actually has a degree 
and insurance. Now see, that takes insurance to a whole new level considering when you say you have a degree first, the person who says, no, I just took uh, two eight-hour classes and got licensed. I mean, it, you put that in, 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 in retrospect of something else that you could have a degree in, you know, and it's like, well, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm an accountant. And you're like, oh, really? Well, this person actually has an accounting degree. This person took 16 hours. Um, I not, I'm not necessarily saying one's better than the other, but just the way you got my mind thinking into the fact of, Jason, one day you could be competing against somebody who has a college degree in insurance, that's an interesting thought there, Peter. That's very interesting. I like that. Yeah, and you know, and I'd add to that, one of the things that we're doing, we're hiring people, I'm looking for technology skills and test-taking skills. And so, um, you know, you're not just competing with people who have degrees in insurance. You're going to be competing with people who, you know, are excellent at programming. You're competing with the new age of brokers which and independent agents, which are all using technology. Uh, you know, you look at Zenefits or Embroker or Coverhound. And so, I really kind of see that it's coming to a point where the kind of people that we want to be working with the people who they, they have that insurance technical foundation and they probably have some like programming foundation that's what I'm really you know that, that's kind of the direction I'm taking our organization I feel like there's so much benefits to to, to work with technology so interesting yeah and yeah, one other point I'd add too, you know, just in talking about the, the insurance, you know, death of the designation um, if 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 it's 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 certainly a lot of time to you know, I had surpassed nine exams, eight, so eight exams plus ethics. And each exam was like a 400, 500 page book, which, you know, waking up at five in the morning to read about insurance is probably one of the most boring things you can do. Um, but I still did it in 11 months. Now, maybe it's a little bit faster than average. But if you are competing with a college educated person in insurance or you're competing with, you know, whoever, you know, why wouldn't you want to get it done if you can do it in just 11 months? It's it's not like it's, you know, especially if you don't have kids yet, which, you know, a lot of these new air agents, maybe they don't have kids, maybe they don't have a family. You know, why wouldn't you want to crank it out and get it done before that next kind of family milestone comes up? It does. And, you know, here's the difference, though. I think of some people, um, and, and I'm going to throw, uh, and Joey's listening, that's fine, uh, but I'm going to throw him probably here in, into the conversation as well. And and I think that sometimes that the position is written as, as you know, well, it doesn't matter that you have all the information. That doesn't matter to the customer. They just need experience. They just need some service or they just need some help. And I'm going to tell you in probably a lot of the deals we do, they're pretty easy and basic. But also when you're talking about commercial insurance, I think you're talking about the fact that I can tell you many, many many examples if you gave me enough time to sit down and write them out of where my CIC sold the policy over the other agent and most of the time the incumbent and most of the time the guy who's got 20 30 years experience because there's things inside the policy I just know more than you know some of the basics that you that you have out there is like who's an insured or you know what special form coverage like I literally can go into the policy due to the my CIC education Peter I can and you can too I can go into the policy and say it's right here or by looking at this form number this is an old form compared to the new uh, updated ISO form and you don't do that to your customers obviously because that would spin their head 
But in so many ways, you can say that by saying, well, here's the reason why we um, say that you use this classification, or this is the reason why we say that we use this kind of form um, versus their kind of form, because it's more updated for the program type that we have. And you can show them that where it may be excluded or limited in their services. So I'm not talking to you, Peter. I'm talking to everybody out there. I think that when you look at it as the the client wants to do business with you because you have those letters behind your name, okay, yeah, duh. That doesn't mean hardly anything to them because they don't know, you know? But at the end of the day, they should want to do business with you and they will do business with you if they sit down and actually have a conversation to they realize that you know insurance more than just other people. But also by knowing this stuff that in depth in the policy, it also allows me, as they're talking about their business, to actually know a lot more about their business based on the fact that I may have a program or I know may some specific coverages that, that get them thinking that they see me as the expert. Yeah, and if I can – I'm sorry, no, I interrupted no, 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 I'm getting Yeah, if I can – if I can take it one step further, and I, and I love what you're saying, you know, my, what I tell my clients is, you know, the beautiful thing about insurance is that you're buying a legal contract. And a lot of people don't get that concept. But I'll say, look, you're, you're spending a lot of money on this contract, and it could just be a piece of paper, or it could be something that's going to save your business or, you know, your, your family. And, you know, a couple of examples I've had where, not just from like, let me review your policy when I'm selling you. I've had an instance where a client had a $25,000 deductible for uh, uh, on their flood insurance policy because out here flood insurance is rather pricey. He also happened to have a $25,000 throw-in on his business insurance that covered flood. Well, I ended up writing this deal because when the last agent filed the claim, he didn't know there was coverage on his business policy. He only knew it was in the flood policy. So we went back a year after he had this claim and it had already gotten paid out and we clawed back $25,000. You know, I had another client, I had another client, he had, um, it was, it was kind of like two separate instances and the claims adjuster wanted to say, well, that's two separate $5,000 deductibles. And so based on my knowledge of saying, look, you might be a claims adjuster who's been in the business for 25 years, and I've only been in the business for six years, but I know the forms, I've read them, and you're reading it wrong. And he only has, you know, one deductible for 5000 And so it gives you that leverage to be able to have a kind of a superior conversation from reading the form. You know, I was, I was a math major in college, and, and I kind of feel like at this point, insurance is kind of like a math problem. Just because I have a CPC, it doesn't mean I know everything. But what it does is it helps me approach a problem, just like my degree in math helps me approach math problems, where I can say, you know, what are the inputs? What are the numbers, the X's and the Y's? And in insurance, you know, what are the inputs? What's the formula or the insurance policy? And then what's the outcome from the problem? And, and being able to have a CPC, it helps you know how to read through that through the formulas. I... I exactly said right I mean I, I, I unbelievable you're exactly right um, and so and so what exactly designations do you have so again uh, CRM certified risk manager CIC certified insurance counselor CPCU chartered property casualty underwriter LIA licensed insurance advisor I think I'm, I'm gonna retire from designations for a little bit um, I think I have I think I have enough at this point um, for the next few years at least yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. Um, and so, so 
in the end, I mean, what do you see as your future with your agency? You're talking about you're trying to build this, you're trying to build that, you know, you're trying to look for certain people with certain skills. Are you looking at acquiring new agencies? Are you trying to focus on finding new agents and getting them um, educated as well for more producers? What's your What's your plan? So, yeah, I mean, I, a little bit of my background, I'm actually looking at my MBA right now. And that's another thing where I talked about the, the study skills that I learned getting my CPCU, which, you know, sh- short version was I was watching Brian Tracy's increase your income formula that a friend of mine shared with you. And his advice is basically, look, get up early, read books, listen to podcasts or, you know, books on tape at the time. And so for me, I got up at 5 a.m. every day for a year and I studied for an hour straight. I wrote my goals about 59 times in an 11-month period. So every five days rewriting my goals. Um, I had this hard deadline of going to Hawaii. And I wanted to finish before I had kids. And this this was just to... Um, you know, just to, to get, to get the designation. And I know this is kind of a long answer to your question. What's my goal? So, but so the, the, the study skills there, having the goals, the repetition of getting up at five, not having to make a decision to wake up at every, every morning at five, but just knowing this is what I'm doing. I actually, in that same 11 month period, took the, the entrance exam for the GMAT, which is the entrance exam for the for the MBA did pretty well, so I'm looking to get a, a, an MBA to continue to you know see things from the the mind of an entrepreneur. You know how do they? You, know, you and I can talk. Um, you know, co-insurance and business interruption insurance and deductibles. To a lot of business owners, that goes right over their head and they really don't care. They're really wondering, how is this going to make me a better company? You know, get new clients, retain my clients. And I think an MBA is going to kind of help me as, as kind of like the last thing to really just understand that. So I'm looking at getting an MBA part-time, full-time, not really sure yet. But at the same time, what I'm looking to do is um, from an insurance perspective, a couple options. One is insurance startup. I mean, insurance is just changing so fast. I feel like uh, to be to be growing today, you either have to be able to have some scale where you can get some technology, or you do some sort of a startup. So I'm looking at you know startup possibilities. We have a lot of internal tech programs in house. So, for example, we have an internal company website I created. I was just running the numbers today because we're having a meeting tomorrow, um, and it has 30,000 hits internally this year. It's an internal knowledge center for our whole organization. Um, it has about 250 searches this month alone. So, Okay, so wait a minute. Let's talk about that. That's interesting. So um, how many people do you have in your, in your office uh, amongst the locations? We're about 25 people. And so what is this thing here? This is a knowledge base or something that people can go ask questions and maybe there are questions I get asked all the time, but this is a central location. What, how'd this come about? What is this? Yeah. So when I started, um, five, six years ago, um, there were, uh, there was a lot of institutional knowledge. So people who had been here for say 30 years and you can just imagine like, you know, they know so many things because they've done so many transactions. Like there's no question you could ask that they hadn't kind of encountered before. But if I were to ask them, say, look, who's our contact at XYZ company? Or what do I do when I get uh, a document from the registry of motor vehicles? Well, they would open up their filing cabinet, pull out a piece of paper that had been photocopied 15 times and had originally been faxed to them and say, here you go, take a look at this. 
And I guess a normal employee would maybe photocopy that and put it in their filing cabinet. I thought, this is absolutely crazy. Um, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm not a neat person. I'm a very messy person. I need things to be organized because things tend to move from order to disorder. So I created this website in this really basic wireframe at first, which just kind of had, it was just HTML file and it just had some links to different things we'd use on a regular basis. And over time, I kept adding things to it, adding things to it. It was very fast. It was only internal. It was, it was on our server and people started using it. And I realized I'm spending a lot of time to edit like a raw HTML file. What I really need to do is have something that has a database in the back end. And so I wireframed some things, did some research and I built up what I wanted to be is a peer editable, like a crowdsourced knowledge base. So now in our company, you know, we have, we have this whole, you know, we, we call it our dashboard or our playbook and it lists out um, a lot of processes that we do, things we have, contacts we have. And if you're on there and you're trying to, and you're reading it saying, you know, this doesn't look correct or our underwriters changed, you can just hit edit right there on the spot and you can change the content. So anybody in the company can change it. It has instant searching just like Google. So if you start typing in medical insurance, it pops up with the rest of it for you. And so it really has become this, this database. So if, let, let's suppose you're talking to a client and they need to get a builder's risk policy. And you say, gosh, you know, I, I got to get a quote. What do I need to get a quote for builder's risk? And your options are go on an insurance carrier website and start dealing with their interface, which may or may not be conducive Most to helping you write that terrible. policy. Yes. Exactly, exactly. Uh, go talk to a colleague of yours, which is probably not available. He's on the phone. He's away at lunch. He's talking to a client. You know, so what are your options? So now if you go to my website, I have a how to sell topic. And there's probably like 50 to 100 topics there. So any kind of business, um, medical insurance, builder's risk, homeowners, auto, umbrella, um, disability, dental. If you're talking to a client, anybody should be able to sell that. It's really not hard. It's just, do you have a good walkthrough? So now we have a walkthrough. It tells you, here's what you need to quote. You know, here are, the, here are the main talking points to discuss. Here are the companies we use to get the quotes from. And it kind of walks you through the process. So I tell all my new employees, part of the training and the onboarding is I have them go and, and read through a bunch of these, you know, how to sell sections. So my homeowner's insurance, there's a video on how do you put together a replacement cost estimator, you know, how do you do different things? And we now have like a, an, an onboarding section on there. So if we have a new employee, there's actually a process on the dashboard, which just says, you know, here's how you bring a new employee on board the, at the organization. You just follow these steps. And that way I don't have to, kind of, I don't have to like remember everything because I'm not very good at remembering things. So you built this out or did you have somebody else build this out? No, I built this out. Um, I built this out, built it out. And then at some point, I was looking for how can I turn it from a static set of HTML files to a dynamic like template that plugs into a database. And so I was researching a ton. And I actually, a couple years back, the, the UK, the government of the UK, you, you can go to gov.uk and check it out. They built this really interesting website where you could get anything you needed in like 30 seconds. And I thought that is amazing. You know, if you, imagine you're trying to renew your driver's license today. Or let's say you you had a, a new child and you had to I don't know get a birth certificate and you're like gosh how am I going to get this birth certificate and and the and the websites that are available today are just awful so the UK government recognized this and they designed a website to make it 
really easy to find anything really, really fast. And so I, and I, I, I saw that. I built my template after that. And I ended up finding that a guy had open sourced the technology. And I was like, I'm going to plug my, like what I had built into this, you know, gov.uk styled uh, website. And that's, and that's what I use. It's run on the WordPress platform. Um, I've hired some developers from time to time just to help out with some components of it since, you know, I have a basic understanding of tech, but I'm not like, I'm not an expert. So. Dude, Peter, you're, you're a pretty amazing guy, dude. I mean, I'm telling you what, when it comes to education, you're a straight geek. I mean, whatever it is, dude, you're straight on it. And uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I'm, my mind's going in so many different directions right now. I'm having trouble focusing because that thing you just talked about there, when we're talking about the, um, I mean. The dashboard. I don't, I don't know if you know it, dude, but you have like an idea that there's lots of agents that would pay a lot of money for that. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we should even be talking about it on the podcast, but maybe you should, cause you're probably going to get some calls from agents saying, Hey, I got a couple million. Let's perfect that. Because I think that's something that all of us agents have problems with. Just yesterday at our, at our meeting, we were talking about that we have this Excel file that we have um, all of our companies listed in and, and all that. And we have that in our management system too. And I literally pay somebody to keep that updated in our management system. But they tell right, me, right. and I got to admit, I'm the same way. It's actually sometimes quicker to go to the, to, the, to the Excel sheet that we have. Now, here's what I've done. And this is why I'm really blown away by this. Like, let's say that the company has like a, a sheet that has 30 contacts on it. Well, I don't have. I didn't have that put into the. I first of all built the Excel spreadsheet when I was at the beginning of my agency as well, and I right. was using my management system. Well, what I do is, is I would put in their name and their phone number, but then I would hype. I would put take the sheet that had all the contacts and I would put it in a Google folder, and then I would share the hyperlink to that and put it into the. Excel spreadsheet so they could see okay hey travelers they click on the staff directory hyperlink and it opens up that actual document that has all that and I thought to myself like it really has kind of got like to where it's very static and I would love for it to be dynamic and so I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you like the thing is is like we have uh, Google files that have to be how to onboard somebody well we get so many of those files out there that you know you start losing those files and they need to be updated and then people don't know how to properly update it or it's not easy to edit it like you're talking about and I mean I am telling you right now there are a ton go ahead loyal listeners put your hand up even though no one's watching you right now you're probably <laughs> sitting in the uh, in, in, in traffic or something but I guarantee you there's a lot of agents that would love to have something exactly like that and then you like you said just in the last what did you say 30 days or something there was 250 searches or something like that what, what were those yeah things? yeah yeah 250 searches in about in the past 30 days there's been 30,000 hits on the website this year in, in our company so it's um yeah so, so you and you think know about that that's 30 pieces of que- information or questions that people need to ask that prevented them from asking somebody else and stopping them or theirs or their superior and in, in, in interrupting them you know what i mean that's a lot dude i mean that is a lot of 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 down and dead time that you cut out by that that's amazing yeah, and if I, you know, I love your idea with the Excel spreadsheet, and this is, you know, what I what I really like about independent agents is there's there's no end to the creativity, mm-hmm. and you're not the first person because we've done it at our company. Everyone says, oh, I can I can do this great Excel spreadsheet, but it's like at some point Excel kind of breaks down. It's like you know I I can't pull it up on my iPhone, or maybe I have Google Drive and and, it, and it's great because I can Google Sheets I can pull it up my iPhone, but it it's not it's not a website. You know, you really need something different, and that's that's one of the things I realized, and that's why I built this whole thing. 
everything. You, you, it's like what you really need is you need an SQL database that has what's called data tables. And you, you know, you can filter things down instantly. And you take your idea, which is one of the things I'm working on right now as well, is if I have my companies listed out, I want to know who are my underwriters, who are my, my managers, what is the commissions we get by line of business? So when I go to say, let me get a homeowner's quote, when it says, what companies do we use to get homeowners quotes? Well, that should automatically fill in with our database of insurance companies. And then when I say, okay, now what do we get paid in commission? Do we get contingency income from these different carriers? You know, what are the different forms? Like that, that should all kind of be pre-filled. And so that's kind of what I'm working on and building this out long term. And, and my idea really is it, it needs to be mobile first because um, half the time I'm in the office, but half the time I'm on the road. And so clients will ask me questions. If I'm out visiting a prospect and they want to start talking about disability insurance, sometimes I pull my dashboard up and I have to look and say, well, gosh, re- refresh my memory. What are, the, what are the three or five questions I got to ask? Right. And so it's, it's, it's everything's geared to be built off of the iPhone. Well, and I love which, it. And, and I love the mobile because everything's mobile. And that's, and, and, um, that's another conversation, another discussion. But I was just talking with an agent who was at this Adobe Max conference and he was telling me how everything – um, is going to it needs to start on when you build something out you don't need to build it out for how it looks on your website and then to your mobile exactly you need to start mobile which is kind of crazy and wild but the one thing that uh, oh man don't 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 lose that Jason don't lose that I can't exactly remember damn it I was gonna say something excuse my language for that but I was uh, it was something that I was gonna say around that well that's interesting and and oh I'll give you an example I think a lot of people would have this I get a home and we're in rural America and they um, they have a pool but it doesn't have a fence well I've got 11 companies and I know four of them do that but I can't remember which one which do that you know what I mean and for me to be able to put that in there so we created like a list of like which one you know this carrier doesn't like these dogs. This carrier doesn't like this type of dogs. This carrier will ride a fence or a pool if it has a fence, yada, yada, yada. And it, But the problem with it is is you've got to constantly update that information. So do, could you use your system for something like that as well? Does it kind of tell you that? So we're not, I'm not there yet. I mean, okay. it's, okay. You, you can imagine just like you, oh it's like there's a lot of things that are going out there, but that that's the goal. And, and the thing is like, see, Every independent agent has their own companies and, uh, and and they're creative and everything, but we all have that same challenge, right? Like, do you, you know, do you have a trampoline? Do you have a fence around the pool? Do you have a dog? What kind of dog is it? And and it's like, you know, it's it's actually if back to our original conversation with, with the designations, the most value you can provide to an organization is you're the salesperson. It's nice to have the technical background, like a CPCU, where you say I can solve the insurance coverage questions. But what you shouldn't be necessarily is like this database of what companies do what and which company has what underwriter. Because for us, you know, if you have an average company and you have one underwriter change a year, that can be hundreds of underwriters changing every single year. And there's and there's no way you should be able to keep track of that. That's not that's not what your mind is best used for. That needs to be outsourced to the computer. So back to your thing about the fence question and the pool question. It's like that should be outsourced to the database. Mm-hmm. You know, make I tell my clients, you don't want to pay me to do your bookkeeping. You want me to be your accountant. You know, you you want me you don't want to pay me to gather your basic underwriting information. Like that should all be crystal clear. You want to pay me to do risk advising and insurance advising. That's where the true value is gonna come in. And this is so this tool that we've created is just one thing to kind of help with that process. 
Wow, interesting. That is a really, really cool thing, Peter. I, I got to tell you, I know there's a lot of people that need that. And, and, and if there's anybody else out there that has something like that, please let me know, Jason, at growprogram.com. Heck, Peter, do you even want to know about it? But uh, I really... I really want to hire somebody in the next six to 12 months to try and start putting something like this together. I don't care if I have to hire somebody from out of the country or whatever. Um, I, I need, I would like to get that something like that done. I think that that's really, really cool. So Peter, wrapping it up, um, leaders are readers and readers are leaders. Are you a reader? Yeah. I mean, you know, I read those CPCU books and everything, but what what was funny is everything you've obviously got to like reading. So yeah, and after after that happened, I I was still was waking up at five o'clock, and I was like, "Gosh, what am I supposed to read now?" So I started reading a bunch of books. <laughs> and 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 so what what are some of the books that uh, you like the most? So couple recent books. One was called Double Double by Cameron Herald, and this is the guy. Have you ever heard of those um, like one eight hundred got junk dumpsters? No. You're, all right, so all right, they have these big blue dumpers, dumpsters. It says one eight hundred got got junk. You call the number, they like bring a dumpster to your house, and you can throw all your crap away. Well, this company like didn't really exist, you know, 15, 20 years ago, and he helped double this company, grow it from a tiny company to a hundred million dollar revenue company. And then there's another company called like College Pro Painters. Have you heard of them? No, I have not. So they take college students that are home for the summer and they like have them go out and get a bunch of people and say, look, do you want us to paint your whole house for pretty cheap money? I'm a college student, you know, trying to raise tuition dollars and, uh, and they do great business. So he, he had grown that business as well. So he wrote a book called Double Double and it's all about how can you grow an organization? How can you double an organization's revenue in a three-year period? Boy, uh, one other one I could – Sorry, I interrupted you there. Go ahead. I, no, I, no, you didn't interrupt me. I said I, I could see how that could be useful. Yeah, the next one, this was actually recommended by a friend of mine. It's called Pitch Anything by Oren Clef. And uh, this guy like flew around in a private jet and would pitch big deals. And he talks about like what is the formula that you need to make your pitch like shorter, better, more appealing, and help you close more deals. And what was the name of that one? That was called Pitch Anything. Pitch Anything. Okay. You know, Peter, it's been it's been cool having you on the um, and and I, normally I say great, but I really do. I think this was cool. I think you're kind of a different cat. Um, I think you uh, you your your brain's in a completely different area than I think a lot of agents are, which is fine because it seems like every time I interview somebody, like it, you, one thing you said a minute ago, which was great, is independent agents are we we have this is our own kingdom. We're the emperors of our own wor- world, and uh, and we hence the name independent that's our brain and that's the way it functions and uh kudos to you man i really like some of the stuff and i'm glad i was able to bring you on uh you got anything to kind of wrap it up you want to say no just uh i guess you know one thing i'll wrap up with here um because i think jason you were out there in dc a couple years ago right did I, I, did I see you out there yeah like in the last 15 years i think i've missed like three or four years yes i mean i'm out there all the time yeah, you know, one thing I'd add here, because I've been on Facebook recently, and it's, you know, people are going crazy about the politics, and, you know, whether you like Trump or Hillary or whoever, um, you know, my thing is like, look, go get involved. And as an insurance agent, I would just encourage people, you know, go check out the Independent Insurance Agents and Brokers of America and go look at the annual day on the Hill, because it's a day where, you know, our voices make a huge difference in the way that legislation gets passed. And, you know, a couple of examples, you talk about something like NARAB too, where we have streamlined agency licensing across states is going into effect as we speak. And that's because of people like Jason 
voice and getting out there and, uh, you know, helping helping tell our Congress people what we've elected, you know, what we think about issues that are important, flood insurance, terrorism insurance, Affordable Care Act. Um, you know, those are kind of the issues. So if, if you've been at all snubbed or, or maybe really happy or whatever about the election, um, you know, go out there and get involved and from an insurance perspective. Hey. Peter, it's been fantastic having you. I know the loyal listeners like you. um, They've got to. This was a fantastic uh, time. And to all you loyal listeners out there, what do you think about the the word growies? That's what I'm going to think. I mean, loyal listeners is good, but like, I think growies. I think I'm a growie, and I think other people are growies, and I think that would be a good name to call us. And I'm going to have shirts like, Are You a Growie? And like, Peter, I think I'm going to send him one of those shirts. You know what I mean? Think about that. Let me know, Jason at growprogram.com. Jason at growprogram.com. Do you like the word growy? Peter, in the meantime, I do appreciate you. Appreciate you what you do for our industry. I think designations are, are important. I think that sometimes they're overrated, but I think you labeled 100% why it's important to get it. That was something that I went after for for all you loyal listeners um, in 2009. I think I did it like in two years for the CIC. That's not like astronomically hard like it is for a CPCU. But what I did is, is I said, I want to be that. And the reason why I did it was because the agents that I happened to look up to who I thought were important and really good at what they did, um, they all had CICs or they had some kind of designation. And so that kind of let me believe that, hey, if I want to learn what other awesome people do, I should probably do what other awesome people do. This has been Agents Influence Podcast. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me your ideas. And we're going to tell the world what you have to say. See ya. Hey, before you go real quick, let me get, let me tell you something I want different for you. You guys know this. I talk about it a lot. But here's the thing. Grow Mastermind. Now, don't, no, don't stop now because I've got something different for you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to email me at jason at growprogram.com. Jason at growprogram.com. And tell me, Jason, I want in the Mastermind for free. I'm going to give you a free 30 days into the Mastermind. That's going to give you 30 days inside the closed Facebook group. You're going to learn so much just from that right there. You're also going to uh, get to be access the two live meetings that we have on the second and on the fourth Thursday of every month. And I'm also you're also going to get access to Grow Academy as well. Um, and that's just part of the $99. Keep in mind, if you learn to get Grow Academy by itself, I think it's $29 or $39. So please... Jason at growprogram.com. Hit me up. Say, Jason, I want the mastermind for free, and I'm going to get Anna or Joey to let you in for free. It's going to be a great decision, I promise you. Thanks. See you.